This is Dak Prescott, and you're listening to Faith on the Field Show. Welcome to Faith on the Field Show. I'm Rob Motti. Without my beautiful wife, Remy, this week, going solo, it's great to be with you all on all of our radio affiliates across the country. And if you're listening to the podcast, thank you for doing so. Our guest this week is going to be Detroit Lions Pro Bowl wide receiver Amonra St. Brown. He's a very interesting, fascinating guy. So stay tuned for that conversation. Before we go any further, and I meant to mention this last week and the week before, but I didn't, we have another incredible Faith on the Field live event coming up with Hall of Famer, Philadelphia Eagles legend Brian Dawkins, also was a Pro Bowl safety with the Denver Broncos, if you're listening on that side of the country. But this event is going to be on Saturday, September 16th, and it is back home, back in New Jersey, or what used to be our home for Remy and I, at Fellowship Bible Church in Sewell, New Jersey, Pastor Phil Moser, who helped us start. He was part of the show, part of Faith on the Field at the beginning, and Doug Horton, that's their church. Pastor Phil and Doug are are bringing us in, and it's going to be awesome. There's a VIP meet and greet at 5 p.m. The main event starts at 6.30. We've got, it's incredible. If you haven't had an opportunity at all, and this is going to be the third, fourth I'm not sure, maybe fifth. I've talked to Brian so often. I've done a handful of events with him, and we're probably going to do some more too. But if you haven't had an opportunity to hear Brian share what's really an incredible journey from growing up in a tough environment in Jacksonville, overcoming depression and suicidal thoughts as a young player in the NFL, and and he really did that through his relationship with the Lord. So you, you don't want to miss, it's a special opportunity to meet Brian if you get the tickets for the VIP meet and greet, and there's food involved and all that. There's going to be all kinds of stuff, and if you want the general admission tickets as well, there's there's some of those too. And you can hear Brian's inspirational testimony. You'll hear from me, of course. I'll be there hosting the event. So check that out, faithonthefieldshow.com forward slash Dawkins, and you can get all of the information on the tickets. I'm sure we'll be talking about it between now and there's only, it's only a few weeks away. September's right around the corner. Our twin girls celebrated their 10th, 10th birthday. I can't believe my girls are double digits. 10 is a, a big number. It's a milestone for them and it's it was really cool. Thank you to everyone who sent birthday wishes, and they had a, a, an amazing, a wonderful celebration. So that was really cool. I want to talk about this week, and, and what we're going to do is talk a little bit about something that I see often, and it is, it's one of those areas where, as a Christian, the expectations are so high, but it's hard to meet up those standards. We're not perfect. We are not perfect, and people should stop expecting us to be perfect. There are so many, everyone makes mistakes, no matter how deeply you profess your faith, no matter how close your walk is with the Lord, we are all going to, we're all sinners. Jesus is the only person who was perfect, and I want to talk about this because I've, I've had some encounters with some people who kind of feel a little bit left out that they feel that maybe they don't belong or they're not loved 
by the church because certain things they do in their life and and how they live their lives and whether it's not it's lifestyle choices or mistakes they've made and they feel like they they don't they're not welcome and shame on shame on us as Christians if we don't if we don't make everyone feel welcome it's not our house it's God's house it's not up to us to decide to judge someone else. That's on God. So how can we feel or make someone feel uncomfortable, unwelcome because of mistakes they've made or choices that they've made? When all of us make mistakes, all of us make choices, all of us make bad decisions, all of us are sinners. You know, I started a little bit talking about my daughters, and I want to mention this because people love when when I talk about the kids, and and I love the notes that you guys send us, and always continue sending those notes. Sometimes you never, you you don't realize, for all the listeners, you don't realize the impact that you can have on me or Remy, but with those encouraging words, because there are moments where I feel like it's it, things are hard and life is it's about to get extremely hectic for me with the NFL season and sometimes it becomes a, a burden and it's it's hard to be able to sit down and and put this show together and, and talk to different athletes and and you guys send these notes and these encouraging words and um, telling us how it makes you feel. I love it. I love it, and it really, it really helps. So continue to send those. And what I wanted to say was last night, um, I'm in one of those zones. I'm working. I'm getting ready. I got this big project that I, that I'm working on in my office, and I guess I probably shouldn't have positioned my office that close to the girls' bedroom, but it's close. It's close enough to where I hear them, and when they're supposed to go to bed, and Normally, I'm so grateful for this, that they just turned 10, and they still want daddy to sit with them, pray with them, talk with them, and it's kind of our thing. It's kind of our ritual, and Remy tells me to keep it at 15 minutes, and sometimes it goes 30, sometimes it's 45, sometimes it's an hour. I can't do it all the time, and in football season, I certainly can't do it on Sunday night, Monday night, and Thursday night because there's football games, but I do it as often as I possibly can. The other night, it was one of those moments, I'm busy, I'm working, I'm trying to do what I got to get done, and and the thoughts, when the thoughts are flowing, you don't want any interruptions, you don't want any distractions, you don't want any noise, you don't want any of that, and especially when the harder something, like when you're thinking about it, and uh, you're rewriting, and you're working, and doing all that, and, and the girls love to, for whatever reason, they have decided in the past few weeks that they like to wrestle only at night. They, they don't do this all day long. They don't like physically attack each other or tackle each other or do any of that stuff at all until it's bedtime and they're in the room. So I'm hearing the noise. I'm hearing the giggling. I'm hearing the whatever's happening in there. And of course, I don't want I'm 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 parent. So I'm going to go back and fall on what my parents said. Don't get hurt. And I don't want to hear anybody get injured and any of that stuff. And. I just scream and I yell and I, I tell them, hey, be quiet and all that stuff and stern and everything else. And oh, aren't you, daddy, aren't we're waiting for you? Aren't you going to come sit with us? No, not tonight. I'm busy. Not going to happen. Now, quickly, as soon as I say that, within about 10, 15 seconds, I start to feel bad. So now I'm, I'm trying to work through the thought that I have so I can go and give them a kiss and pray with them and sit down. 
when I hear the little the little pitter patter of, of feet coming in, and Alexia hands me a note. And I'm looking at the note right now because it's folded over. Alexia will tell you if she she doesn't feel that if you if you do something mean, she, she'll let you know. But this time, this was she was killing me with kindness for Daddy Heart from Lexi, and it says. We're very sorry, Daddy. Love you. Bunch of hearts. And we're still going to wait for you. Love you. Bye-bye. And she gave me that, and I melted. And I I was like, I just spoke so harshly. I yelled. I said, I'm not coming in. Be quiet. All of that stuff. And and she comes over, and she's telling me, we're sorry. (laughs) They're sorry. She loves me. And they're still, even though I said I'm not going to come in, they're going to wait for me. And and, and I think... uh, it it just made my it made me so happy that she did that and and I felt bad instantaneously but of course I did what I I finished my thought I went and I sat with them and all of a sudden 5 minutes turned into 15 20 25 whatever it was but I I think about being imperfect because I was imperfect in that moment as a dad uh, I shouldn't have yelled I should have controlled my my temper I should not have slashed out yet my my daughter both of them and Lexi took the initiative, were gracious enough to forgive, tell me how much they love me, and still want me to come in and tuck them into bed. And I think about how God's love for us is is incredibly to that and to extreme measures tenfold. Because how often do we sin continuously? How often do we make mistakes daily, yet... He welcomes us into the kingdom. He extends his arms wide open. He offers us this grace, and he wants us to come running to him. Just like my daughters want me to come running into that bedroom, give them a hug, sit with them, God is waiting for us to come running into his arms. He knows we're going to mess up. He knows we're going to make a mistake. He knows we're going to sin. He knows we're going to do that, but he wants us to count on him, to turn to him, to love him, to reach out to him. And yet sometimes I see, going back to what I was talking about in the beginning, sometimes I see us as Christians and we get this label of being hypocrites in some circles because we refuse to forgive others. We refuse to look at others in a loving, welcoming manner, no matter how many mistakes they may make. And it's hard. Paul writes in Philippians 3.12, I love this verse, and I know I've talked about it in the past. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Man, knowing that we're we're not perfect, that we are sinful, that we have selfish desires, we know that it doesn't mean On the flip side of everything I'm saying, it doesn't mean we should be content to live that way because we already know we're forgiven. We already know that God welcomes us into his kingdom. We already know how often we fail. He's going to be there extending that grace. It doesn't mean, okay, now I'm going to knowingly go out and willingly be imperfect continue to sin, continue to make the same mistakes, continue to make poor choices and bad decisions. No, no, no. We should 
not be content to live that way. And sometimes it, it takes a ton of focus and uh, a lot of hard work and a lot of energy to be as close to Christ-like as we possibly can. It's not easy. It's hard. It's difficult. But Paul's saying here, we have to put aside all of the distractions in life, put aside those things that can really harm our relationship with the Lord because we're on a journey, we're on a road, and I always like to talk about being derailed, like a train that gets knocked off track. There's so many influences, so many distractions in life that are trying to knock you off that journey and that path and want to impact your relationship or harm your relationship, I should say, with the Lord. The enemy is always working hard and overtime to distract you, to wear you down. And sometimes it comes out in those moments of weakness. Sometimes it comes out in those sinful decisions and selfish desires. And sometimes we are going to act impulsively and be dumb and stupid and make terrible mistakes. But it shouldn't, we shouldn't be content in that. We shouldn't be satisfied being that way, behaving that way. Because we know that we're forgiven doesn't mean it's, it doesn't give us a free pass. There's no such thing as a free pass. Hey, I'm going to go live my life and do whatever I want because I'm forgiven because I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior and I confessed with my mouth and I believe in my heart and I know I'm going to heaven. That's not a free pass to go do whatever we want to do. Absolutely not. And at the same time, as we seek that forgiveness, as we seek God's grace, we got to give it. We got to offer it. Just like my little girl gave it to me last night when I yelled and screamed and comes in with this cute little note. We love you. We're sorry. We're still waiting for you. That's God magnified to us daily. And it's up to us to do the same for other people around us. I hate to hear someone tell me, I don't feel welcome in a church. I don't feel I belong. Oh, really? Maybe your sin is different than their sin, but it's all sin. We're not perfect. We all make mistakes. We're going to make bad decisions. If we want grace, got to give it. If we expect God to forgive us, we need to forgive others. We need to be welcoming. We need to extend the love of Jesus Christ as best as possible to the world around us. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. This is Paul in Philippians, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Up next, you're going to hear from Detroit Lions wide receiver, Amonra St. Brown. You're listening to Faith on the Field Show. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. 
Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. Since 1930, the Heritage family has proudly served the communities of South Jersey. From humble roots, Heritage's dairy stores now operates 33 convenient locations. Their desire is to become your convenience store of choice, not just because of their welcoming atmosphere, but because of their fresh, quality products. Heritage's milk is still the sweetest, coffee's hot and fresh, and Heritage's full-service delis offer the best local ingredients prepared and sliced on-site, far exceeding the competition. Heritage's Dairy Stores. It's not just our name, it's our heritage. This is Derek Henry, and you listen to Faith on the Field Show. Welcome back to Faith on the Field Show. I'm Rob Motti. If you're listening to us for the first time, you can go to faithonthefieldshow.com. Find every episode since we launched in 2017. We've had an awesome lineup of guests. You can listen anytime at your convenience on any of the podcast platforms. You can hear the full interviews on there in case sometimes we might cut them a little bit short for radio. Be sure also to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Faith on the Field and tell a friend or two or as many as you'd like about Faith on the Field. If you would like to be a sponsor for our show and help our ministry grow, please reach out to us at team at faithonafieldshow.com. We have various packages we can cater specifically to fit your needs. Our goal is to be on a sports radio station in every state. If you don't have a business to advertise, but you do want to help the ministry, we do have a donate button on our page on faithonafieldshow.com as we now are in the process of becoming a 501c3 nonprofit. If you'd like tickets for the Brian Dawkins event, as I had mentioned earlier, go to faithonafieldshow.com forward slash Dawkins. It's going to be a phenomenal event on September 16. Our guest this week, Amonra St. Brown, is a Pro Bowl wide receiver with the Detroit Lions. He's entering his third season in the NFL. He's a guy with a ton of talent and an incredible work ethic. Amonra, welcome to Faith on the Field Show. First question I got to ask you about, your ankle, how's it doing? Ankles, it's feeling good. Uh, just a little, little ankle sprain. Uh, I'll be back in probably next week. Okay, no, no, no big deal. That's that's. I'm sure a lot of Lions fans are relieved to hear that. There's a lot of hype surrounding the team going into this season. How do you guys handle those high expectations? Um, you know, I think for us as a team, um, you know, we hear the hype, we see it. Uh, you know, we all have social media and whatnot. I think for us as a team, it's just going out there and and we got to put that work in every day. You know, it starts in training camp. Uh, shoot, I would say it started in OTAs, back in OTAs and now in training camp. And then, you know, going on moving forward to our first game against Kansas City. Um, you know, you can have all the hype you want at the end of the day, though. This this league is tough. Uh, every team, you know, like like I said, any given Sunday. So you never know what can happen on any given Sunday. And we got to bring our A game every, every week. And nothing's going to be handed to us. So, like I said, we got to put that work in. And hopefully, you know, hopefully the work that we've put in so far, Hopefully it pays off in, in the long run. The offense scored a ton of points last year, moved the ball a lot, did very well. How You got some new pieces, right, some new running backs. How much better, Monra, could this offense even be this year? Uh, you know, I think this our offense could be better. I think, you know, we had a pretty good offense last year, but we we added some pieces. Yeah, we you know, we lost some pieces, but we we added some different pieces into our offense, drafted some, some young guys. Um, so I'm excited to see what we do, you know, second year under Ben Johnson. So – us as players, you know, Jared, um, me, the old line, the guys that have been in this offense, we feel more comfortable than we did last year just because, you know, we heard the terminology, we know what to expect. So we can do different things now within the offense to kind of hopefully, you know, give us an edge on our opponent. 
You mentioned Jared, when he came to the Lions a couple of years ago, there was a lot of thought like, oh, he's just a stopgap guy. They're going to go out there and get their quarterback of the future. And he's kind of proved that wrong. When I spoke to him about it, he doesn't care about what people say. He had a Pro Bowl here last year. What do you see out of Jared? Just as a guy, not just a quarterback, but as a guy, as a leader in the huddle? Yeah, he's, a, he's an awesome dude. Um, you know, he's he brought me in as a rookie when I first got here. He was super um, – Super helpful was, you know, was there for me whenever I needed anything. And even now, I mean, he's, you know, one of the leaders of this team. Um, he's been to a Super Bowl. He knows what it looks like. He knows what winning football looks like. So to have like a guy like that as your quarterback in your locker room, um, commanding the offense, shoot, there's nothing better. He speaks very highly of you. I know you two worked out together too in the off season. What went into that? Uh, you know, we just every off season, you know, we both stay out in Southern California. So Whenever we want to catch, he wants to throw, shoot, I'm I'm there for him. You can never have enough chemistry as, you know, quarterback, wide receiver. So whenever he wants me to come out and, and catch some balls for him, I'm always there for him. Um, shoot, I think that's – there's no better way to to build that chemistry, I think, than, you know, that off-season work where you're just you and him or whoever else is out there just working, you know, getting, getting better. Because once you get into the season, there's so many plays and stuff that you can't always, you know, really fine-tune what you really want to get good at. So – during that offseason is always a great time for us to, um, you know, to to work on those little things. Amanra, it's no secret what kind of held back the Lions last year. The defense struggled. You got some new players there. They addressed those uh, concerns in the offseason. What have you seen throughout training camp from the defense? How much tougher are they now? Man, our defense looks good. Um, shoot, going against them every day in practice. Uh, it's been, you know, tough battles. Uh, we added some guys on defense, like you said, some um, – some draft picks, some free agent signings. Um, so they look they look ready. I mean, we got a few more weeks into our first game, but from what I've seen so far, and then you know some clips that I've seen from the joint practices with the Giants and the and the Jaguars, man, they look like they're flying around. I can't wait to watch them play. You guys finished up strong last year, missed the playoffs, but not Green Bay out. Now you get to open, as you mentioned earlier, open the NFL season with that Thursday night game against Kansas City. How does it feel that all eyes are going to be on the Lions and the Chiefs that you guys can kind of make a statement in that week one game? Yeah, it's going to – I think it's going to be a super fun experience for us as a team. Um, like you said, all eyes are going to be on us. Everyone's watching that first that first game. So for us as a team, you know, to kind of set the tone, uh, that, that'll be our chance to do it, man. That, that first week, everyone's watching against the defending Super Bowl champs. Um, Kansas City, I mean, shoot, arguably the best team in the NFL right now. Um, so it's going to be a challenge for us, but uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully we're ready by then. And, and I can't wait, you know, can't wait for that week one. Monra, you personally, you, you come into four, you come out of uh, college in the fourth round, right? There's not a lot of ton of expectations. Then you have a record setting rookie year. You make the pro bowl last year. What are your goals personally going into year three? Yeah, I have some personal goals, but I don't like, I don't really like to share those to, to other people. Smart, smart. Until, <laughs> until the end of the, you know, end of the season, because, you know, people like to write things and say things. Um, so I'll keep those to myself until, you know, until the end of the year. I know you got like what's turning into, it's going to be, by the time you finish your career, your work ethic is going to be considered legendary. The jug's <laughs> gun. Is it 202? Like, is that even? It's got to be 202 after each practice. What, what, how did that start? And where did you get that work ethic? Yeah, 202 is, it is a number. Um, that, that's my number. But I would say the work ethic is from my dad. Um, growing up, uh, he was, you know, two-time Mr. Universe, three-time Mr. World bodybuilder. Um, so he kind of ingrained that that work ethic and that hard work into us because in his sport, you know, it was a solo sport. He has no – there's no teammates. There's no coaches. It's only him, you know, working out um, on his own. So he had to do everything on his own. So he kind of taught us that 
that that work ethic, how important it is, the discipline. Um, and I kind of try to carry that with me all the way through college when he wasn't with me anymore. And then now in the league. So definitely, I definitely give, you know, give props to my, to my dad. How cool is it that you got a brother in the NFL? You got another brother playing at Stanford. Do you guys kind of compete somewhat with each other? Uh, I would say, yeah. Um, so, you know, one of my brothers, he went to Stanford and now he's, he's done playing. So okay. he's more sitting back watching us kind of, you know, helps us out with, with other things. And then Equinemius on the bears, um, you know, we still, we still compete. Obviously, you know, we play the bears twice a year, so that's always really fun, but um, yeah, it's, it's always fun to, to go against him, but, you know, competing, I would say you would, we don't really talk too much about football as brothers because we're in it every day. And, I mean, that's basically our lives. So whenever we, you know, we're, we're around each other, we're playing the game together. Uh, we talk about everything really but football. So I spoke to DeAndre Swift, who was with you guys last series in Philly now about playing for Coach Campbell, what he's like, that energy that he brings. Like he's fun for me as a media guy, as a reporter, just to watch, to cover. What's he like for you as a, as a player to be your head coach? Yeah, he's an awesome coach. Uh, he's a, uh, everyone sees the interviews and, you know, always ask me, is that really how he is? I'm, I would say, yeah, man, he's a, he's a cool dude. Um, he takes care of us, but he's also a tough, you know, stern coach who, who knows how to turn it on when he needs to, um, you know, some of our practices, I would say look different than a lot of practices from other teams around the league, but, you know, he played in this league. He knows what it takes for us to, to callous our bodies for, for the season that we have ahead of us. So some of our practices during training camp can be tough at times, but he always knows how to, you know, make it hard and he'll back it down on us. So he does a good job of taking care of his, of his guys, of his, of his players. And man, I just, I love, I love playing for him. Amano, tell me about your partnership with better guards and, and how that ankle brace helps you out personally. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've recently partnered with better guards, I would say about two months ago. Um, it's been awesome. Um, they're, their ankle support that they that they come out with uh, ankle brace is something super unique. Um, the way it works, it's basically like a you know like a regular ankle brace, and there's like a this portion on it, little it's kind of like a string attached to it. That if you move too fast, it kind of slows it down. But if you move it slowly, it's kind of like a seatbelt. When you you know when you get up, you stop really fast, and the seatbelt stops, uh, it'll it'll stop suddenly. But if you move it slow, it'll it'll go. So uh, the technology behind the the better guards ankle brace is super, super cool. Um, it's been a pleasure working with them. Shoot. Their, their braces are they're top notch. And shoot, if you, if you have some ankle issues, I suggest you get a pair. And it's not something that's really position specific, right? Wide receiver. I know you and your brother both are, are yeah. wearing them, but have you talked to other guys, different positions, how much you can help them too? Uh, you know, I haven't really, but I know a bunch of different, um, a bunch of different guys, different positions on the team. They, you know, they tape their ankles before practice, before games, I've never really been a big, uh, been a big ankle tape guy. Um, just didn't really like the way it feels, uh, feels on my ankle. Um, but I know some guys like that. But, shoot, I know a lot of positions that have to stop and start, and that's almost every position in football, O-line, D-line, linebackers, corners. So I think, I mean, they can all benefit from from an ankle brace, especially if, they had, if they've had, you know, chronic ankle issues or, you know, maybe like to get their ankles taped. I know you've done some work with a Christian healthcare nonprofit uh, I'm a man of strong faith. I, I was just wondering what your faith has meant to you in your career throughout your journey. Yeah, it's meant a lot uh, for me. You know, um, I think having faith is is a big thing in this sport because you never know what can happen. You know, injuries happen. Uh, shoot me, I, I got drafted fourth round and I went to all the way to Detroit, got drafted by Detroit. Didn't know anything was going to look like. I was a kid out of Southern California, went to USC. So I was basically in, in California my whole life. So just not knowing in this league what can happen, uh, having that, that faith is, is huge.
Well, Manra, I wish you a ton of blessings and, and look forward to seeing what you can do in year three. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's it for this week. Thank you to Monra St. Brown. Thank you to Doug, Pastor Scott, and everyone on our team. And thank you for listening to Faith on a Field Show. For Remy, I'm Rob Motti, reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. With 33 convenient locations, Heritage's Dairy Stores desires to be your deli of choice. Heritage's full-service delis offer great-tasting products for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The Harry Egg Breakfast Sandwich, made with two farm-fresh eggs, cheese, choice meat on a fresh Kaiser roll, makes morning simple. Heritage's famous subs are built on freshly baked Lysio rolls and feature Dietz & Watson premium meats and cheeses, freshly sliced anytime. Making lunches at home? Try one of our lunchbox specials, which are sure to please. Heritage's Dairy Stores, our family, your hometown deli.